I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Grim Mystics. Okay, you said you had a story, so tell me about I it. I do. Okay, I know this is your episode. I will make it super quick, but I think you and like the rest of our listeners will think it's exciting. <laughs> and before I say it, I don't want to hear it. I'm being safe. I'm not worried. I'm just going <laughs> to preface what? that. Okay, so I have been thinking about getting a spirit box for like a while now. And if you don't know what a spirit box is, it's just like a way, um, it's a device that spirits can communicate to you with. And it like goes through radio frequencies. Is it a, so? It's like a modern day Ouija board. I guess it is. It's not a. I don't. I don't with Ouija boards. I will well, never with Ouija boards. Like. <laughs> no, it's it's like a machine, and it just goes through like radio frequencies. But it goes so quickly that like any words that are picked up, it's not from like the radio or TV because it's so fast. Mm-hmm. So. So I've been thinking about getting one for a while, but they're kind of expensive. And I was like, you know, I want to use it, but will I be too much of a pussy to, like, <laughs> to actually use it? So I was doing, I was just looking up the other day. I was like home alone and I was bored. And um, I saw this app that a lot of people use mm-hmm. for like investigations and it was free. So I just like downloaded it and I was just playing around. And, you know, I, I started off, I said, like, is there anyone there? Does anybody want to talk to me? And there was nothing. And I said, what's your name? And it said, monster. <laughs> and so okay, I, wait. I started laughing. My parents had a cat named monster before I was oh, born. Maybe it was your kitty. Maybe it was their cat. <laughs> oh, I told my mom this story and she did not think it was your cat. She was like, <laughs> Leslie, you cannot be messing with these Because it's a Ouija <laughs> so board. It's... I promise it's not. I would never mess with the Ouija board. They are board. communicating with you through an object that is in your metaphysical space, and they are controlling it. That is what they, a Ouija board is. It's just a new version. Like, that movie Ouija scared my dad, and I wasn't allowed to have one in the house because of it. So now this is going to scare me, and my kids aren't going to be able to have this. <laughs> no, I totally valid. However, the, like, because I'm kind of into this stuff, like, Ouija boards, like, open portals. You know what I mean? Like, I will never mess with a Ouija board. This is just like, if there is something in the area, it'll just respond. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. So anyway, okay. So I said, what's your name? And it said monster. And I laughed because it's me. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Oh, are you? You (laughs) So you taunted it. Good, good. But the reason I'm not scared is because, like, I really, I'm really not worried. Like, I pray and I cleanse my space every night. And I say for those that I love, like, you know, keep their space clean and surrounded by light and love. Mm-hmm. So I cleanse your space for you also. Oh, thank you. I do that every night. <laughs> um, and so I said, you know, I only communicate with beings of light and love. So if you're not a being of light and love, you can't talk to me. Mm-hmm. And it said grandmother. Aww. And... 
And so I've lost both my grandmothers. And so I said, you know, are you Gloria? Are you Sarah? You know, who, what grandmother are you? And I didn't get any more responses. It was super quiet. And then I've tried again and it, I haven't gotten anything. Aww. So <laughs> either something was negative that was here and I told them, you know, to leave. Mm-hmm. And then whatever grandmother figure is around me, like kicked them to the curb and they haven't been back. Mm-hmm. Or it just was like a total scam. <laughs> and that was that app like f***ing with me. But <laughs> I, I have felt like I have been followed forever. Mm-hmm. Most of you know, like, I had a really traumatic, like, life-death experience. And so I, for five days, I was kind of in the physical world, in the spiritual world. You know, I saw some weird things. And so there go my dogs. (laughs) And so I have felt for a while that I have been followed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was super funny. And I thought our listeners would appreciate it. So did you do it April or March? Um, I don't know. I bet uh, I can look it up. I bet it was like, it was either the... Oh, it was March. It was the last day. Of I was March. gonna say it'd be really weird if it was April because next week is the day that my grandma died, mm. and April is always like super intense with me because I just feel her presence constantly, yeah. and I think it's because it's like when I'm the most upset. So, like, I hope it was your grandma's, obviously, but it just makes me feel good that y- even if it was for you, Aww. it makes me feel excited that, it, you know, it could be related to mine, too. Totally. Yeah. It totally could have, because I was close to your grandma, too. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, and I have this lovely picture of her on my desk right now oh, from our, her wedding. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's such a pretty picture. Yeah, I found this, and I'm trying to find a good picture frame for it and um, yeah. find a spot for it. So maybe it was all of the grandma energies just coming through at once. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have seen like an older woman. I've seen her a few times. And I don't recognize her. So, you know, I was thinking maybe it could be her too. Yeah. Maybe it's just all the grandmas. Yeah. I'm getting all the grandma <laughs> You're love. You're getting all the grandmas to come to you. <laughs> yeah. And I'll take it. Yeah. Oh. I'll take all the love. Yeah. No. There, before COVID, I was looking into there's like an adopted grandma and like, or a gra- <gasps> yeah, you could go hang out with grandmas or grandpas and at their nursing homes and like you can just make them your surrogate grandparents or whatever. And I was like, yes. That's so cute. Yeah. But then, you know, COVID and we have to keep our elderly safe. Of course. So it didn't pan out like I wanted. But- we can adopt grandparents when this is all over. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get to it. Yes. Also, on a side note, yeah. I'm so sorry about my dogs. My door is closed. Amber can say, <laughs> I don't know. They pot, they're just vain. They need to be present <laughs> at all times. I'm so sorry. If you can hear them in the background, I can hear them. So I'm sure you can. Well, it's okay. I don't know. They're just, I'm sorry. I mean, you brought up the spirit stuff and they're all freak. Every time you bring up like spirits, oh my God, they freak maybe, out. Oh my God. So they're probably maybe guarding that's you. true. Mm-hmm. Well, I locked them out, so <laughs> they're real pissed about it. <laughs> they're like, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I'm guarding the door. Maybe. Maybe. It's true. All right. Well, that was a great story and I'm excited to Thank hear you. more. And when we start podcasting together, we'll try it out. You know, I don't mind if Perfect. it's not a if it's not a portal and it's not a Ouija board, I'm no. always down to try. Yeah, I would never do a Ouija board. Mm. I don't even, I would never even humor one in my house. Nope. Yep. Never. Yep. That was my dad's, like my dad wasn't very strict growing up, but that was like his one thing. I think I made a joke about it once when I was in like middle school or high school and he got real serious and told me if he yeah. found something like that in his house, he would not be happy and I, I didn't want to test it. So I never no, I totally. attempted. Amber, I'm going to pause this. Okay. Okay. 
All right. So, Leslie, normally we tell each other where we're going on the map. Only. Only. Yes, only. Nothing else. But today you said you wanted to try guessing. Yes. So, where do you think we're going? So, I'm going off of your clue, which Mm -hmm. as a reminder to our listeners, make sure you listen all the way to the end so you can hear the clue for next week Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for those little teaser posts. But, okay. So, Amber, uh, on the map today, are we going to Canada? Pitter-patter, let's get at her. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm so excited. Got my drink. Let's do this. All right. So, we're going to a couple places in Canada. So, Canada is a good blanket, Okay. All right. I don't know details, like I said last time. So yeah. <laughs> tell me We have to keep reminding everybody because they think we're lying, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. The articles and documentaries that I looked at. So I looked at Darker in the Light, which is a WordPress blog. McLean's, which is a news station in Canada. And then there was a biography docu- documentary that I watched as well. So this is taking place in the late 1980s to the 1990s. So we're starting out in the 1980s. I'm going to go ahead and do a trigger warning right now. Good idea. Yeah, there's a talk of sexual assault, rape, murder, abuse, battery, all the bad stuff. It's a doozy. It is. It's a tough one. So please, please, please just think that going forward. If, If that is in any way, shape, or form tough for you. Please just kind of tread lightly into this. We totally understand. So in the late 1980s, there was a rapist in Scarborough, Canada, attacking young women. He would grab them while they were getting off the bus and assault them in the bushes near the bus stop. The attacks lasted for 13 months. And they started out kind of mild, maybe. Um, They started out as fondling and then quickly escalated to assaults and beatings. In 13 months, there were 19 women attacked. Oh, my God. What's good about this case is the local police department realized that they were well out of their kind of range of figuring this out. So they called the FBI in pretty quickly. Snaps for them. Yep. Once they put together that there were multiple victims, they got the FBI involved pretty quickly. Good choice. They also let the public know that eventually there was a witness who was able to describe what this man looked like to a sketch artist oh yeah so they were whoever that witness or whoever that woman was who was able to witness that and remember everything really helped the case they were looking for a good looking young man in his early 20s with blue eyes blonde hair and dimples oh it's always the dimples that like it's the dimples automatically makes you good looking i guess (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is about dimples but it is right yeah (laughs) All right, so now we're going to kind of take a turn because, so right now we've got two situations happening at the same time, and eventually they will cross. So we're kind of learning about one, and I'll kind of intertwine both. So Paul Bernardo was born on August 27th, 1964, in Scarborough, Canada. Paul was the youngest of three children, and Paul was described as a boy who smiled a lot. He was cute with dimples and light hair. Mm. (laughs) Paul... (laughs) Those dimples again. (laughs) So when Paul was growing up, his father, Kenneth, was charged with child molestation um, for fondling a girl in 1975. This sent his uh, Paul's mother, which I couldn't find her name anywhere. I don't know why we got Kenneth's and not his mom. Well, Kenneth probably didn't give a shit if he already fondled a small child 
And maybe that's his true. mom was that's like, true. I'm not associated with this. <laughs> so that's true. Maybe she did the yeah. work of scrubbing her name. So this sent his mother into a, uh, into a depressed and the depression brought verbal abuse. Oh. So she was just in this depressed, verbally abusive yeah. state with her family. She actually there was an article that I read that said she slept downstairs um, separate from the family. Oh. Like that's how bad it was. Yeah, his mom slept downstairs, very withdrew from the family, very separate. And when Paul was 16, his mother admitted to him that Kenneth was not his biological father. So he lived 16 years oh. thinking Kenneth was his dad. Yeah. What a what a freaking truth bomb. I know. And well, and it fucked him up. Like this yeah. really fucked him up. So Paul began insulting and disrespecting his mother to her face after that. He would call her mean names, you know, slut, whore, all that stuff. Oh, my God. Um, He really did not take this well, which, I mean, I can't imagine. But also, like, Kenneth wasn't, like, a bomb guy. Like, Yeah, no kidding. Right. So it's, like, wouldn't you rather not have a dad that, like, assaulted a small child? Yeah. I would, right? Yeah, right. So, but it, it really rocked him to his core. And shortly after he found out that Kenneth wasn't his dad, Paul became a, a peeping Tom. Oh. So he would look through the windows of his neighbor's windows at night while they were undressing. Ew. Yeah. I wonder, like, what, like, sparked that in him. Right? Like, it seems very Ugh. opposite. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, you would think that if he thought Kenneth was his dad, maybe he thought it was in him because it was in his dad. Oh. But he found out Kenneth wasn't his dad. Yeah. So, like, so he, like, made not, it happen? I guess. I don't know. There's there's nothing really about how or why it started in what I found. There are a ton of things in research on Paul Bernardo. So I'm sure someone somewhere yeah. thought of an idea or he said something, but I couldn't find anything that really gave a reason. He just really didn't like women and didn't respect them, unfortunately. Uh, right. Well, I was just saying, I mean, if he called his mother those words, then yeah, yeah. obviously he didn't care about them. Yeah. <laughs> you just let me know if we need to pause <laughs> yeah i'm gonna just smack the shit out of them okay so at the age of 23 paul met a 17 year old carla homoka so for the people who guessed ken and barbie ken and barbie killers yes, yep that's what yes. their names ended up being but you guys were all correct good job <laughs> i knew that clue was gonna be okay <laughs> yeah so uh wendy my mom my mother-in-law sarah everyone pretty much figured out that it was ken and barbie um but there were a couple people who guessed ken and barbie killers which is completely correct so paul meets carla who is the oldest of three girls um, she was described growing up as popular and pretty, um, and she grew up in St. Catharines, Canada. So when Canada is explained in a documentary to me, I have no idea. Um, so I looked it up. <laughs> like, you know, it's like talking about... Yeah, we're not Canadian. Yeah. No. So I looked it up. Uh, so Scarborough and St. Catharines are about an hour and 20 minutes away from oh, each okay. other. So okay. they're still in the province of like Ontario. Um, they're just an hour away for, or an hour and a half away. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Carla was out with a coworker, um, and at the time she was working at a vet's office, and they went to a restaurant and that was like attached to their hotel. They went to like some conference. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're at a conference for their job, and then they go to their hotel restaurant, and Paul walked in, and Carla's coworker said that there was an instant connection between Paul and Carla. It looked like lust at first sight. Like they just were attracted to each other and yeah. talking. So. 
Paul and Carla hooked up within hours of meeting each other. He went back to her. Oh, hotel room. yeah. So that's why <laughs> lust was the word used. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, which I mean, no hate. You know, if if you're yeah, feeling it, you're no feeling hate. it. It's just a bummer that these two got together. Yeah. So after that, they were inseparable from the walk of shame on. Loved each other. <laughs> Is the walk of lust. Yes. The walk, walk of, of no lust. shame. Yeah. yeah. No shame. <laughs> Maybe a little shame. <laughs> I would feel a little shame. <laughs> so little to Paul's knowledge, there was a sketch artist out there who had spoken to one of his victims who had gotten a pretty good look at him. And there was a composite sketch coming out that his friends recognized as him. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. So that was a, like a really good. She got a really good look at him. She did. I'll post. So we don't post pictures of the murderers on our no. social media, but I will post the composite sketch. Yeah. And then if you Google Paul on your own, they're pretty identical. It's pretty crazy. Ooh, so crazy. So he didn't know that that composite sketch was coming out. He also didn't know that some of his friends were like, holy shit, that's Paul. And they called the cops to oh, inform good friends. him. Mm-hmm. Good friends. Good, not, good, not to Paul, but for us. Good <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah, good yes. people. So yeah. the police end up calling Paul in and they request a DNA sample. And he gave one willingly. There was oh. no fight. Now here's the shitty part. DNA was still pretty new at this time. Mm-hmm. And his DNA sample sat in line with hundreds of other samples waiting mm-hmm. to be tested. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why he said, sure, like you're not going to find anything, you know, knowing well, that it was like a flawed... Mm -hmm. Well, in the documentary, a lot of the FBI agents and like local police department were interviewed and they said this guy was cocky as shit. He was a narcissist. Like Mm, he thought even giving his DNA that he wouldn't get caught. Gag. Unfortunately. dudes like that. Mm -hmm. People like that. Doesn't matter. You're right. I should have clarified. You're right. Yeah. People. Everyone. We hate narcissists. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Love that blanket statement. And it can be a blanket statement. Yes. For that. Yep. Yep. We don't need to be nice to the narcissist. No. <laughs> um, so shortly after Paul's DNA got collected, he and Carla moved. Oh, of course. So, you know, he's in Scarsboro and Carla's in uh, St. Catharines and he decides he wants to live closer with her. And they move in together with her parents and her sister, Tammy, who was younger, in St. Catharines. So he leaves Scarsboro where, you know, he's cocky enough to give yeah. a DNA sample, but he doesn't want to stick around for the police to find him. Well, of course not. He's not stupid. I mean, maybe he is stupid, but can't be that stupid. No, you're totally correct. He he was cocky, but he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that cocky. Tammy was 15. I found Ooh, where it said it. Okay, so really young. Yeah, so underaged, 15, living with her mom, dad, sister, and her. I think at this time they were boyfriend and eventually engaged. Okay. Um, so they lived in her parents' house while that was happening. Still probably inappropriate. I mean, knowing, yes. knowing what he did, it seems super inappropriate for that, like, age gap, but... obviously her parents didn't know so yeah i agree well and magically in scarsboro the attacks stop (laughs) how yeah who would have thought and then (laughs) attacks start happening in saint Catharines. total coincidence right (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what sucks is these two police departments were not communicating (gasps) that happens all the time especially you said this is in the late 80s Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a freaking penis measuring contest sometimes between law Mm -hmm. enforcement like they don't want to ask for help that's so frustrating 
Mm-hmm. So what sucks is they are okay with getting the FBI involved, which is usually pretty difficult, yeah. like for a, a department to step aside and do. But they're still not communicating with other departments because the FBI agent on the documentary said, had he known about what was going on in St. Catherine sooner, he thinks that they could have put two Ugh. and two together much faster. You got to hate that. You hate I, that's so frustrating. Right. We've got to be frustrating for the police, yeah. the community, everybody. It's just unfortunate. Absolutely. So Tammy soon becomes the focus of Paul's affection. Ew. Paul and Carla come up with a plan. She's going to bring home some animal tranquilizers. Tough word. (laughs) From her job at at the vet's office. They'll drug Tammy and Carlo will give Paul Tammy's virginity for his Christmas gift because she wasn't a virgin when she met Paul. (laughs) What the fuck? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! No, I didn't no, even let you that's finish. That's the correct reaction. Because I knew what was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Carla wasn't a virgin. Paul made it such a big deal that he he went. I mean, Paul was twenty three, and he went after Carla when she was seventeen. Ew. So he's showing his pattern. He's yeah. interested in younger, more innocent women. You know, there was a study done on him specifically. He did not like consensual sex. He did not enjoy that. Yeah. He liked. The force the and taking yeah. and mm-hmm, and feeling like it was a conquer, <sighs> not necessarily, you know, two consenting adults. I hate that. Also, really quick uh-huh. on a side note, I, I yeah. read this article from a detective and he was saying that if you're ever in a situation like that, because they're obsessed with that thrill, they want the chase. Like if you just like mm-hmm. play dead, you know, you don't make it a challenge oh, really? for them, then they won't be interested because they want that like physical fight. So mm. for our ladies and gentlemen, of course, for everyone out there mm-hmm. listening, yep, everybody, uh, mm-hmm. I read that somewhere. And so that's been like in the back of my head for the last like five years. So That's super yeah. smart. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense yeah. if, if you make the thrill go away, they're not going to be as excited. Mm-hmm. So on the evening of December 23rd, Paul and Carla make Tammy some alcoholic drinks <sighs> and mix it with the animal tranquilizers. So Carla and Tammy's parents went to bed. Tammy's all excited. She loves Paul. Like, she treats him as an older brother. She loves Carla. Carla's family loved Paul. They trusted him. Obviously, they let him move in with their underage daughter. And how, like, okay, you're 15, and your older sibling and her fiancé are telling you, like, hey, stay up, drink with us. Like... Like, you're cool enough to drink with them. Yes. You're cool enough to hang out with your older sibling. All of that. But she didn't obviously know about the animal tranquilizers. Mm -hmm. They also soaked some rags in a drug called halophane. Yep. And their plan was to hold it over Tammy's mouth. So if the tranquilizers didn't last as long as they needed them to, they were trying to do like a chloroform thing. like a backup plan. Yeah. Paul and Carla both rape Tammy. Oh, my God. They record it on the same tape that Paul was recording their Christmas festivities earlier that day. Ah. Yeah. I don't. So it's literally Christmas, and then they're downstairs with Tammy alone. I hate that. Mm -hmm. This case makes my stomach hurt a lot. No kidding. I hate that. Well, and I was talking to Craig. I've never said this stuff, like, verbalized it. I've just read it and watched it. So it's, it's... it's heavy yeah, saying no it out loud. Ugh. Um, so Tammy reacted negatively to the drugs and started to seize. Oh, my um, gosh. Paul and Carla stopped, hid the camera, put her clothes back on, and then called 911. Well, yeah, because they can't get caught. Yeah. Ugh. 
That poor mm-hmm. baby angel. And she really, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the best way to describe her. That's terrible. Yeah. Paramedics noticed some red marks on the side of uh, Tammy's face, kind of like on her cheek. And Paul and Carla claimed it was rug burn from when they were trying to administer CPR and when they were trying to drag her to the paramedics for help. But it was actually a chemical burn from the halophane being held over her face. Oh, my gosh. There are pictures of Tammy and she's deceased and you can see and it just looks like an allergic reaction. It's bright red like a raspberry on her face. So like obvious it wasn't a rug burn. No. Well, and the the hospital didn't ask any questions. That was that. They took what he said at face value and they ruled it an accidental natural death. Oh, so she she like died? She died. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So the pictures that I'm talking about, I don't feel comfortable posting because yeah. they're of her obviously with like her autopsy. You know, yeah. So they're out there. If you are interested, you can find them. But what it is, it's from her collarbone up. And she's just got bright red splotches all over her face. And they're her chemical burn um, from the halophane. So they ruled Tammy's death as an accident. And Carla's family was devastated. Her dad was devastated. He talked about, you know... She was 15, going to be 16. He was talking about how he wanted to buy her her dream car, all of this stuff. And Carla and Paul kind of fucked up here because they didn't grieve. Oh, so they like weren't even sorry that they fucking murdered her 15-year-old sister? No, uh, <laughs> Carla and Paul still had their wedding a couple months later. Oh, not a good look. Mm-mm. Not a good look. No. Yeah. And there are like letters like, I mean, there's so much about Carla. She had diary entries and letters that she wrote to her friends oh. where she was talking shit about her dad only focusing on Tammy's death and not caring about her wedding. Like being some Ew. like little toddler bullshit. Yeah. How interesting. It'd be so interesting to read those though. Like. Oh, yeah. To get into her head. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's probably a, a very fucking scary place. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so. One month later, Paul and Carla moved into their own place. And Paul tells Carl, or <laughs> Carl, sorry. Carl. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Paul tells Carla he's the Scarsboro rapist mm. and tells her of this dream that he has where he would like to live with her, marry her, be her husband, and do all that, you know, norm, like air quotes, yeah. normal stuff that people aspire for. But he'd also like a sex slave to live in their home. And young. He threw young in there. Oh, of course. Because we know he has a type. Mm -hmm. So now we know that this is Paul and Carla's plan. Because, you know, Carla's going along with it. So the one thing that I didn't like about the biography documentary that I watched. Near the end, it got better. But in the beginning, they were really painting Carla out to be this innocent. I'd do anything for him. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't like that because your first victim was your sister. Right. Like that shows that she's heartless and that she like doesn't give a shit. Like she was willing to rape and murder her 15 year old sister and, you know, and then be upset that her parents are grieving the loss of their child, a literal child. I Yeah, obviously she wasn't innocent. No. And so that's the thing. Like I said, near the end, it got a little bit better with that. And I don't know if they were trying to like make you empathize with Carla and think that she had Mm. this like battered spouse syndrome yeah thing going on because he did beat her up too (laughs) but 
like to me he's telling you of his dreams of having a sex slave and you're like cool let's go get our own place and let's make it happen right like she's enabling that behavior which i know in abusive situations it's hard to get out of but the fact that their first victim together was her sister like Mm -hmm. for me eh. (laughs) she's already she's already done for me in my book but this is one of those cases where two really fucked up people found each other and it's really unfortunate. The worst possible scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know about Paul's dreams. Carla's down, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, two weeks before their weddings, Carla's sister's murder happened, I think, about three months before their wedding. And they decided to continue on and keep having it. Yeah. Um, about two weeks before their wedding, Paul abducted 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I first made the face because they're getting younger and then you said her name. <laughs> yeah. So normally with victims, I like to say their first name. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that yeah. and look at your face. No, so no I'm gonna, kidding. She spells it differently. It's the I-E. Uh, oh, okay. All right. But I can't yeah. say these things and say your name like it's going to, I'm going to have bad dreams if I try right. to do that. So I'm going to call her Mahaffey um, for my mental health and your mental health. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to do it. Um, So two weeks before the wedding, Paul abducts 14-year-old Mahaffey. She was home late past her curfew and her parents had been frustrated with her because she was not taking her curfew seriously. So they locked her out of the house. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was one of, you know... It, I, as a parent, I'm, I'm not a parent, so I yeah. don't know what as a parent you think. It was a different time. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I, you know, I have stories of, you know, my my grandpa, you know, waking up my dad when he was, you know, clearly out drinking the night before and making yeah. him mow the lawn at 5 a.m. and, you know, just punishing him without punishing him. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not locking him out of his house. No. Where was she? She was 14 years old. Where was she supposed to go? So she was in the backyard trying to get their attention. Okay. Um, and it just sucks because obviously these parents were pushed to the point of like, you're not listening. So we're yeah. going to go extreme. And it's not and their it fault. Just, no, Definitely not, not at all. And I'm yeah. sure I'm sure parents have done this in the past. I'm sure this might have happened to one of her parents. They were like, well, yeah. I got locked out. Right. So like, it's just a shitty situation yeah. because I'm sure if they would have even had half an inkling to know of course that this was going to happen to their daughter they it would have never happened of course not of course yeah and living with that those feelings has got to be so tough for her terrible guilt yeah i can't Mm -hmm. even imagine yeah so paul is trolling the neighborhoods and looking for his next victim and mahaffey is in her backyard and he's able to see her so i don't know if there's like not a fence or if she's like half in the front yard half in the backyard i wasn't really sure i see and he offers her a cigarette and she accepts and there's not a lot of information but somehow he gets her into his car yeah um i I mean i shouldn't shouldn't say there's not a lot of information i didn't find it i'm sure it's out there somewhere so he wakes carla up in the middle of the night and tells her mahaffey is going to be their sex slave so the couple assaults her and record it. That's their, they, they like home movies. And unfortunately, that's their favorite thing to do to these victims. <clears throat> and within 24 hours, they had assaulted her, beat her, and strangled her. Oh, that poor baby. Yes. So then they cut up her body and they place her body parts in eight concrete blocks <laughs> and dump them in Lake Gibson. 
Oh my gosh. Um, fishermen later find her dismembered body. <gasps> you want to know the craziest thing? The body is found on Paul and Carla's wedding day. That's some fucking God mm-hmm. intervening there, if I've ever heard it. Yep. I've always felt so terrible for those people, though, who, like, run across those things. Those fishermen were just, like, probably enjoying their Saturdays out yeah. fishing with the boys. And they find this gruesome, terrible, oh, my gosh, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. So we've got two deaths on our hands. Yep. Um, so once Paul and Carla are married, Paul asked Carla to find him another virgin, and he wanted to make it one of Tammy's friends because he felt that her friends would trust Carla more. Now, in between all... So there are three girls, unfortunately, and in between all of these girls, there are also other girls that are that are being drugged, raped, but let go. Oh. And it's okay. almost like... They are finding a way to do it. I mean, this is a horrible word, but oh, do it correctly so that they're not overdosing and they're not remembering because there was a coworker of Carla's that she is Jane Doe. She never announced her name. They kept it in court records private for her. They sexually assaulted Jane Doe multiple times. They drugged her with animal tranquilizers, assaulted her, recorded it. But they found a good balance because she did not die during this. Oh, my God. So they had a handful of victims in between the three victims that passed. So that's always rough. Like, either side is rough. But I don't understand why three girls died and others. And some survived. Yeah. Like, I don't get, like, where that was. Well, I feel like you're right. Like, they messed up. They didn't necessarily want to kill them mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. And then it was an accidental death or whatever. Or, I mean, I know he strangled, was it Tammy and? So Tammy had a drug overdose and okay. Mahaffey was strangled. Mahaffey was strangled. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they, well, I, I don't know. It's just all awful. Yeah. And what's horrible is Paul recorded everything. So, which, I mean, in the end, helped police. (laughs) Yeah. But. Those poor detectives who had to watch that shit over mm -hmm. and over. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, they're kind of dipping into Tammy's friends. And luckily, as lucky as it can be, none of Tammy's friends meet the same fate as Tammy. So, then they decide they're they're kind of just trolling for whoever they can grab. So Paul and Carla are out looking for another girl, and they see 15-year-old Kristen French. Carla pretends she needs directions, and in reality, they were a couple miles away from their home. So right, and she even had she had a map. She like li- they thought this out. She had a map that she was showing Kristen. Paul and Carla get out of the car um, and shove Kristen in, and witnesses see. Witnesses see them doing this and they report it to police. Okay. But the only problem is the witnesses got the car wrong. Oh, no. The, the make and model wrong. So they're kind of chasing <sighs> after this. Dead this, lead. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's perfect. Oh, no. Well, like, it's not Kristen's fault because if you have this woman being like, I need help. First of all, adults should never ask children for help. Adults don't need children's help. But I think if it were like just Paul, maybe Kristen would have said, you know, maybe not. But because he had a woman with her, she's probably thinking, oh, I'm mm-hmm. safe because this woman is yeah. here. Oh, my gosh. It's just such a freaking 
Well, and it's what we're taught, right? Like we're taught don't talk to strangers. I remember as a kid being taught don't talk to strangers, but if you're in trouble, go to another mom. Oh yeah. Like yeah. So kids are are taught to feel more comfortable about around a woman than they are a man, yeah. and sometimes that's not true like right and what do you do what do you what do you tell a kid to do when you're telling them not to talk to strangers like who do you tell them to go to if they need help then right no it's you true. don't i guess maybe like a police officer but even we know there's even some not great police officers either so i don't know yeah and i don't know how many times i've been in a weird situation and like i look around there's not really a cop around either. yeah like right yeah so you're exactly right like this they lured her in because there was a woman around but also like they're literally called Ken and Barbie. Right. They're like, good they're, looking. Yeah. So are you going to trust a good looking couple over right. like a homeless looking couple? Like right. they had a lot working for them to make this unfortunately very easy for them. Yeah. Paul and Carla kept Kristen for several days. They sexually assaulted her. They were beating her the whole time. And then they recorded the assaults. Yeah. They end up strangling her. So this is the interesting part because there are two different kind of sides of this. So people are starting to say that Carla's getting jealous. She's not oh. enjoying Paul enjoy, like, enjoying, enjoying these, time with yeah. other girls. Mm-hmm. And she's not enjoying him keeping them. Like it's almost oh. like she's okay with like a one and done situation, but she's not okay with like someone sticking around. Interesting. Okay. So there are a couple of different things that happen. Um, Paul claims that he was out and he was very specific. He went to go get popcorn from a grocery store. He rented a movie. He got gas because he was going, he was planning on taking Kristen home the next day is what he said. Yeah. So, you know, that might be bullshit, but he had all of these different things, but he had receipts showing that he went to all of these places. So Kristen was strangled. And Paul pointed at Carla. Okay. And Carla, you know, obviously pointed at Paul, but Paul had this proof that he was out and about when the coroner thought Kristen had passed. Interesting. Hmm. So there's this like discrepancy of this. So then what also leads to this is Paul gets fucking mad. Oh. He didn't want, a co- if you follow this story this way, he didn't want Kristen to die. So he starts beating the shit out of Carla. Oh, God. Okay. He gets super abusive. He was always a little abusive with her verbally, physically, you know, emotionally. What? Yeah. But he gets really abusive after Kristen dies. And I mean, I kind of agree with, I don't think he wanted her to die. I don't know if he was going to take her home. Right. Or if he was still enjoying. Exactly. Which is. uh, Mm -hmm. I think that he had thought he hit the jackpot with his live-in that he was hoping to have um that carla claimed she was okay with interesting so he starts beating the crap out of carla and like there are pictures of her she's got two black eyes he hit her with a flashlight like with the end of a flashlight in both eyes oh my gosh oh my gosh they're the blackest eyes i've ever seen like he beat the crap out of her she's in the hospital with broken ribs lots of bruising so Carla decides to move out. They separate after this beating. The hospital took pictures of her from head to toe of the beating. So, you know, all of her bruises. Mm -hmm. And then you see also that she's got on her wrist a Mickey Mouse watch. So that comes in a little bit later. Okay. 
Um, but it's pictures of her, and she's got this watch on her wrist as they're taking pictures of her beating. Okay. Probably a little not age appropriate for a grown woman. That's a good thing to think about. Okay. All right. <laughs> so remember the DNA? Yeah, yeah. You know, that was taken. Well, in 93, oh. it finally gets processed. Two years after it's taken. I mean... Okay. All right. I, guess, I mean, obviously it was good, but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Paul is identified as the Scarborough rapist. Okay. That's good. Yep. So police have this interesting situation, right? Where Carla has filed a domestic violence case against Paul and they know where Paul is and they finally know that he's linked to crimes in another town. They haven't linked him to the three okay. murders. Okay. But they've linked him to the rapes and attacks. So police call Carla in to discuss the DNA results. Carla thought that they called her in to discuss her domestic violence case. Okay. So she had no idea that DNA stuff had been processed. She had no idea that Paul gave DNA. I see. He just told her that it was him and left it at that. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she claims he did it to scare her. Um, but I think it was more of a braggy, like, oh, I'm sure I feel comfortable with you. I'm going to tell you like my deep, dark fantasies. And icky also, stuff. if you felt like he was just trying to scare you, then why would you stay with him and continue? Uh, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, oh, it gets, it gets worse. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going down the road that I went on when I started okay. this. <laughs> so police are super smart and they don't blame her for anything. Yeah. They make her feel like she's one of his victims. Um, okay, so yeah. really good, really good interviewing here. I love those when like interviewers trick them. Man, that gives me like the yes. most satisfaction ever. I just love yes. it when that happens. Oh, they're so good at I their know, job seriously. when they can do that. Mm-hmm. So the police also ask about Kristen's Mickey Mouse watch. And what Carla didn't realize is that Mickey Mouse watch connected the murders to the rapes. Okay, did, like, Kristen's family say that she, that was, like, something she had on her possession? It wasn't on her, yeah, it was something she always wore, and it wasn't on her body. Oh, okay. And it was on Carla's wrist. Oh, hmm. And this is the, this is the Scarborough police interviewing her. Okay. So then it's showing the St. Catharines police, like, hey, these are your cases. It's on her wrist. Yeah. We've already got a rapist. Uh, so okay. it's kind of like putting this all together. Right. right? Connecting all the dots. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I said um, Kristen's body was disposed of in a ditch. Um, and that's how they found her. And she was a couple of miles away from where Mahaffey's body was laid to rest at, at a cemetery. Oh. So what's so bad is this is such a small community yeah. that like it's all kind of piling up on top of each other mm-hmm. well in the spirit world if you believe in those things hopefully mm-hmm. Mahaffey was there to help Kristen yes yes Ugh, that's yeah. terrible mm-hmm. yes no I completely agree um Carla breaks down after she realizes that they've connected Kristen to Paul and everybody and okay. she admits to the murders oh that was easy (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) unfortunately after a lot of miscommunication yes they finally get an easy spot carla agrees to testify against paul but she wants a reduced sentence of course carla claims he forced her to be a part of the sexual assaults and murders and carla tells police about the videos that were taken that she was in Mm -hmm. probably not looking distressed (laughs) (laughs) probably proving the point that she wasn't forced into any of this 
Leslie, you are such a good detective. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) So in February 1993, police arrest Paul and search his home for 71 days. That's crazy. Probably a lot of shit to look for, though. Well, they couldn't find the tapes. Uh, Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, these tapes that Carla told them all about. That's why the inve- the search lasted so long. They were looking for the fucking tapes. Because she was saying that they had them, but they weren't. Fi- mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Carla testifies, and with her testimony, she gets a reduced sentence. The deal is kept secret from the public and the media. Well, I'm sure they would freaking roast the shit out of her, but... Well, and what's interesting is in Canada, the media has a right to everything, like oh, there's even active cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it's going, they have a right to everything. Now, of course, it's not underage names, things like that. Like people are kept safe. Yeah, but the media has a right to know all plea deals and stuff. So this was like a first, like where media was not allowed to know. Okay, this stuff. So it sent the media on like a, a frenzy. They they looked in. Well, they looked into it more because they were like, "Why the hell are you keeping this private? Right. What's so secretive about it? Did they ever find the tapes? Mm-hmm. Am I skipping? Well, okay. You're skipping. I'd be be quiet. (laughs) So Carla's attorney in all of this portrays her as an abused wife forced to participate. And she gets two 12 year, or I'm sorry, she gets two 10 year sentences for both murders of Mahaffey and Kristen. Okay. And then she gets two years for her sister. Oh my God. For Mm -hmm. me, that's even, I mean, they're all bad, but like, I would hope that she would have gotten more. For like, I mean, that was her sister. The, the last thing that she had memory of was her sister and her brother, well, in-law, her bro- sister's boyfriend, doing those terrible mm-hmm. things to her. Yep. Well, and what really sucks is these are these sentences. So the two 10 years, so 22 years, yeah. they were served concurrently. Yep. So she only did 12 years. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. No. I felt the same. All I can think about is Beulah and Belva because they were pretty. And if Carla was like, I mean, I've seen photos. I know she was a, an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. It just pissed. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All so right. 12 years for two, yeah. well, for three murders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carla obviously points the finger at Paul in his trial. And police do finally find some of the tapes. Hmm. Six of the tapes. Okay. There were 19 rapes in Scarsboro and who knows how many in St. Catharines and they could only find six of the tapes. Interesting. How did he know they were coming? I don't know. They That is never talked about. I don't know if he hid them naturally. I see. And he just had a really good hiding spot or what. But after 71 days, they finally found the tapes. Well, six, you know, six yeah, of them. Okay. And these tapes prove exactly what you guessed, that Carla was lying. Oh, yeah. She wasn't forced. He didn't hold a gun to her head. Yeah. And one of the videos that was found was of her sister, Tammy. And Carla is doing acts to her sister on her own. Oh, my God. Yeah. Doesn't it make your belly hurt? I'm so glad I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, in Canada, you it's no take backsies. When you cut a deal, they can't take it back. Oh, I forgot she cut a deal. Okay. All right. I mean, I still don't feel any better about any of this. Okay. Well, and they couldn't, they couldn't, they were, their hands were tied, right? Yeah. They gave her this deal before they saw the tapes. They were focused on Paul. This beating had them thinking like, yeah, she's, she was telling the truth. 
Yeah. yeah. And then to find out she's more of a sociopath than Paul probably is. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Paul's defense. Oh, I, ooh, they recorded Paul's lawyer in the biography and I, no hate to defense lawyers. There always has to be someone on the other side, but this d- guy was a douche nugget. I feel like they all are. They, I mean, they are, especially when they're so, and it's so obvious that their client is guilty. Like mm-hmm. how can, how can you look at yourself in the mirror knowing that you either helped them, you know, get off or even tried to help them, you know, get off. It's just, ugh. okay. All right. So yep. douchebag of the century. Yeah. Yep. Douchebag of the century. Um, Paul's defense claimed that he was just a rapist. Oh, that's not, ju- it's just a rapist. It's mm-hmm. fine. <sighs> or everyone in Scarborough lived. There was no killing of any of his victims in Scarborough. So they're starting to point the finger at Carla and saying no murders happened until she was involved. Oh, yep. Sneaky little bastard, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> and Paul claims to this day that he didn't kill anyone. Okay. Yeah, he claims that he didn't do it. He didn't kill anyone. He was just a rapist. Well, fucking, do, what do you, you want a cookie, Paul? Like, <laughs> congratulations, I guess. Okay, all right. Yeah, that part, oh, that pisses me off. I'm like, okay, well, you're just a piece of shit, too. <laughs> there you go, right. You're just a fucking loser, right. Okay. <laughs> Paul's defense did one thing that I thought was interesting. They kept the tapes a secret from Carla. So Carla had no idea that the police had found the tapes and that Paul's defense and the prosecution were able to witness these. I wonder, maybe because she was saying that she hated it and didn't want to. Okay. All right. Amber's nodding at me through the camera. Okay. (laughs) So they didn't tell her until her cross-examination and they played the tapes for her in front of everybody for the first time. Oh my God. I would... Are are those, is that like, can I watch that? I would pay money to watch that. Not the tapes. I want to watch no, no. her face. I wanted to verify. <laughs> I did not look into it. Um, okay. There are a lot of things on YouTube where you can watch like them being interviewed. So I wouldn't be surprised. You'll probably okay. have to do some digging because yeah. it was so far back. But the media was allowed yeah. in the courtroom. So I would say it's got to be somewhere. I would pay money to watch her fucking face like slowly realize oh shit like i'm fucked Mm -hmm. okay all right yep so carla then starts to claim that it was battered spouse syndrome Mm. which is such a slap in the face to people who actually experience battered spouse syndrome it's it's taking advantage of a of a illness and trying to twist it to make it work for your shitty ass deeds well no she's a a psychopath narcissist whatever we want to say you know she she Mm -hmm. doesn't she has no connection she doesn't give a shit that that's insulting she just is using it to her advantage exactly okay so paul's trial lasts four months the jury sees the tapes so this this was a ruling by the judge the jury had to see the tapes the public and the media could only hear them oh yeah. I don't I don't know that's any better. Okay. Well, so one of the guys who was a part of the media at this time in writing stories about this case said that he appreciated not having to see it. Yeah. But it still damaged him just as much hearing it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. The public is brought up a lot in this case. So like Canada must really try to make the like their cases inclusive so that their public gets a good understanding of what's going on because like i feel like there have been some bad cases in america and like that shit doesn't usually get released well 
and this was the 90s so this is like oj Mm -hmm. you know i think that's when people started to like really be obsessed like i know my mother-in-law was telling Mm -hmm. me how she was like glued to the tv because they played the oj tapes all day long every day of the trial so maybe it was like canada's like oj where it was their first time being like holy shit you know this is happening on our turf Mm -hmm. and so they just became like obsessed with it maybe i don't know but maybe that's a really good guess i didn't think about it that way that's a good that's a good guess because i was so super surprised i was like oh my god the public has brought up a lot in this (laughs) people have always been obsessed with murders we all we established this you know during our chicago episode so yeah yeah that's just more obtainable now exactly um so the fun part the jury deliberates for eight hours and they find him guilty i feel like it would be like a one-hour thing i'd be like all right (laughs) check check please (laughs) i know the answer (laughs) so he's guilty of nine charges against him including two counts of first degree murder which gets him life in prison with no parole should I be clapping? I mean, usually when they say that, they say, well, so should I be snapping? Nope. No wells. He's still in prison. <laughs> Aggressive snaps. <laughs> so the shitty part, like I said, is once you make a deal in Canada, which yeah. I mean, and that's in the 90s. I don't know if it's still that way. I did not look up mm-hmm. Canadian law. Um, but once you make a deal, it's a deal. So prosecution decided not to challenge Carla's deal for that reason. All right. I don't like that. <laughs> this was being called in the media the deal with the devil, which I really love. Well, when you were saying when the deal is done, all I could think of was a deal with the devil. So, all right. Maybe I read that somewhere. Okay. <laughs> no, I think you just picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smart. <laughs> yeah. They call it the deal with the devil. And to make everyone feel super great, she had she did 12 years and she's out. I feel so safe so mm-hmm. glad to hear that yep um she started her life over in french-speaking montreal um she dyed her hair brown for a little bit and cut it really short uh well i shouldn't say really short it was still like a lot like a bob. but okay yeah, yeah yeah she cut it shorter than what it had ever been in the pictures of her with paul and carla did one interview after she was out with a french-speaking interviewer for montreal um some news station there does she think the French-speaking Canadians don't give a shit that she's a terrible person? <laughs> what, like, what's the obsession with the French-speaking Canadians? I don't know. She just, I maybe she thought she could be more inconspicuous in a in a part of the country that I spoke guess. a different language. I don't know. Right? Maybe, maybe. Um, and in that interview, she claims she still has nightmares about the girls and regrets what she did. Now, she didn't regret it when she still had her wedding right. after her sister died. And when you were died. talking shit about your parents for mourning the loss of their kid. Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, did you? But she regrets it now. Oh, do yeah. you? All right. Okay. Yeah. So this fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, two years after her prison release, Carla gave birth to her first baby boy. Gross. Yep. And social services didn't get involved because there's no... I mean, she has rights. She did the time, right. if you will. Well, and if you want so, prison to be about reforming, then you wouldn't, like, take it. Right. All right. Yeah. So social services never got involved. Yeah. Um, and she has three children. She's got two boys and a girl. And I think it's crazy that she has three kids and she took three children away from their parents. Yeah, she shouldn't. So is she married? Or are these? does she have three baby daddies? 
Um, so she was married to all three of their, uh, so one man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think she's married anymore. So this is the fun part. The internet has been stalking her. Oh, of course. Since she got out. Right. And they've been sounding the alarm wherever she ends up. It snaps for the sleuths. That's what we, let's mm-hmm. make her life hell. Because like you said, she took away three lives minimum, you know, yeah. like, let's make her life hell. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I'm on board to cyberbullying mm-hmm. murderers. <laughs> <laughs> who get out with 12 years. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. So in the sleuthing in 2017, the public found out that Carla was a volunteer at a grade school. <gasps> no. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. I want to know what they did. Well, the school claimed that they did background checks, but they never admitted to if they did or didn't either way, if they would have done a background. Because at the time she she petitioned change your name and it was rejected. So. Okay, good. So she went by her name mm-hmm. and they still hired her? Yeah. And they never admitted if they dropped the ball and didn't do a background check or if they did and said, fuck it. Uh, I, I, for their sake, I'm hoping that they didn't. I mean, it's all terrible either way, but I would hope that they didn't do the check rather than to just be like, oh, yeah, she murdered like three adolescents. Yeah. Sure. Come work with young children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was probably good about her being re- not good about her being released but good about one of the contingencies was she had to tell police where she was living her job yeah. and then she had to she had to apply to the court to change her name she had to tell her you know the police that she was planning on it and they had the right to reject everything so for a really long time she tried to get her name changed to Emily no idea why <laughs> and they rejected that okay that's good she's probably on parole which is why she had to check in Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they've made it. I almost think it's for life. Right. Okay. Good. That's as it should be. Like, so she might not be on parole, but she has to do these check ins right for the rest of her life. So the school, like I said, never admitted if they did the background check or not. But the public pressured the school to stop letting her be a volunteer, and the school ended up caving and stopped using her. I don't know why they had had to be fucking harassed online to finally decide this is a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. If you're listening yeah. and you're from Canada, don't send your fucking kids to that school, obviously. <laughs> well, and I couldn't find what the school was called. I bet, yeah. So I was, yeah, but so they let her volunteer. And I believe it was one of those like dual school church, like Sunday schooly. Yeah, so. Not surprised. She found Jesus, Amber. She's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Jesus still isn't super stoked with what you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, not my Jesus. Yeah, you might have found him, but he's definitely disowning you. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she did eventually get a new name, which is public. It's Leanne T- uh, Teal. Okay, perfect. Everybody remember that name, Leanne mm-hmm. Teal. Yep. What is what an interesting name. Yep. So there was another kind of uproar in 2020, actually, Ooh. where her kids knew school. So she had taken them to a different school. Okay. The parents found out who she was. Yeah. It was never disclosed to them. And again, the public did not feel comfortable with her being present. She would go oh. to school, lunch, cookouts with all the kids, oh. volunteer again. She was living the soccer mom life. Yeah, totally not appropriate for someone who murdered three children. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is where the school kind of has an interview and they're like, what are we supposed to do? She did her time. 
you know, time again, quotes around time. Yeah. But also it's required by Canadian law that kids need to be educated. So I get what the public is doing. Yeah. Her. She's a piece of shit. Make her life horrible. She has no right to privacy like she claims she does Mm -hmm. because of what she did. However, her kids did not do this. Right. So technically, I get where the school's coming from, where they're like, she hasn't done anything. As of late. Yeah. Yes. And I get the public. They don't want to give her the opportunity to do anything. Right. That's a, oh my, that's a tough one. I'm even sad that she had kids at all, really. Mm-hmm. I like, that should have never been an option for her, but I, meaning she should have stayed in prison. I'm not saying like we should have made her like infertile yeah, yeah. or whatever, but, um, yeah that's a tough one that's a tough it's selfish yeah so you're gonna bring three kids into the world and i mean eventually if they don't know now they're gonna know what their mom did and they're gonna realize why they were chased out of so many towns like it's selfish you just made your kid's life a thousand times harder because you're a piece of shit yeah only thinking of herself like before Mm -hmm. so there is some good news um as of january 2020 she lives alone without her kids oh, and God. she and her husband divorced oh. her. So I believe, I mean, there's not a lot on these guys, but I believe her husband had, uh, has taken full custody Good. and they have tried to find a normal life. I'm glad. Um, without her. Yeah. And she's currently living. Um, and I, I'm going to butcher this cause it's French Canadian. Right. Can- she French likes Canadian. She likes those French ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's, uh, Salaberry D Valley, F- Valley field. Yeah. Salaberry B Salaberry D's Valley field. Ooh, I butchered that. I'm so sorry. I don't speak I have French. I apologize. So feels good. I-, I took French in high school and I still screwed it up. <laughs> all I can say is bonjour. Um, <laughs> Je m'appelle Leslie. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um I frequently apologize for being white when I mess up people's <laughs> names. So I'm going to apologize for being white right now. Or not necessarily white, but being maybe American. Like I'll apologize yeah. for being the white American that I am. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, my my patients with very difficult names laugh every time I say I'm sorry I'm white. <laughs> but I still try. That is the goal. Yeah. I I always ask and I still try. I do not give up trying to say their name. There you go. Just because I am American and I am white. Everybody <laughs> follow suit. <laughs> yeah, you got to at least put effort into learning it. Absolutely. Yes. So, she's in this town um and she's in a ho- and she's living in a home with the so she's living with the owner of a home that she's in um there's not a lot of information so i don't know if the owner is a man or a woman i don't know if there's a uh, relationship there or if it's simply she's just a renter she's just a room and she's a roommate i don't know yeah but like the internet is literally on her like good you don't hear about her for a while and then i i kind of was looking up just her name and her her new name and there are media personnel who are following her and asking to speak to her and she's you know recording them and being a bitch oh. and saying she has the right to privacy which i mean i think your right to privacy goes out the window when you murder people and get out yep, for it exactly you probably would have had more privacy in jail like i literally read nothing about paul after his conviction well he's in jail yeah yeah paul has the privacy that she feels she should have so go back to jail. Right. Do us all the favor and turn yourself in. We don't want you out in the real world. Like if I was in that town, imagine if she's just like 
working at your grocery store and you're just checking out and you know it's her or like she's a server and she's serving you your dinner it's just she has no no right to be in the public and no reason like we don't want her here she needs to go yeah no and i i what's nice about this case and how shitty it was handled canada used this as like a wake-up call and they were like that's good holy we need to get all of the evidence before we cut a deal with anybody if we're gonna hold on to our you know deals and nothing else so they have stopped offering deals early that's good and they have used this case as a model of how to fix communication between police departments oh that's good we love to see that Mm -hmm. canada's great canada's so good i know i know and they have a very handsome um (laughs) is it prime minister justin trudeau (laughs) He's so handsome. (laughs) Have you heard the conspiracy theory that he's um, Castro's son? I mean, if that's true, like, (laughs) he's he's handsome. He is. And he's doing great things for his people. I I loved his little smack when we had President 45. I thought that was so funny. How he would, like, subtly talk smack (laughs) about us. I can't believe you. Part of the group that Googled uh, living. Uh, Yeah, I was... (laughs) in the most recent years if there was a fan club i would have been president of said fan club yeah but i just think it's funny that you like justin trudeau he's so handsome he's just like a good guy he wants to give paternity yeah. and maternity leave and he wants to make sure that people aren't you know not going mm-hmm. to the doctor because they can't afford it and he'd rather them live than you know live with an illness yeah i'll give Mm -hmm. it to you compassion is sexy i'll give i'll give you that okay all right Mm -hmm. fair enough and and he's got a nice face like it's not like he's a butter face like it's nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i'll give it to you i mean america we we go for the older um presidents but he's got pictures of him shirtless and i'm like holy shit (laughs) well everybody teased me but when barack obama was president i would have like left my then boyfriend, now my husband, I would have left. If B-Rock <laughs> approached me, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Still to this day. And I think I think Robbie's understand. I think he understands that. So he's on your list. B-Rock? Uh, he's like number one. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a list. Oh, uh, always. My husband, my husband would dip for Reba. So. For Reba? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, he he likes her voice and it's sultry. Okay, a saucy lady. Yeah, sauce. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robbie would leave me for Carrie Underwood. So I get it. See, that is also on Craig's list, yeah. but he talks about Reba more. <laughs> I love that. Now I, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna send him like pictures of Reba now. I'm just gonna like harass him. <laughs> For his birthday, Craig, don't listen to this. I'm going to get you a Reba t-shirt, okay? (laughs) He'll die. He'll love it. It'll be his favorite thing. (laughs) I'll get a matching one just so I can have one. (laughs) I'll get us all. I'll get a a trio of Reba shirts. Yeah, we'll be a Reba fan Mm -hmm. club for him. (laughs) Well, guys, I think that's episode five. Oh, my God. Amber, that was so good. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you so much. I... Like I said, my guess was the Ken and Barbie murders, but I just knew the bare bones. Thank you so much. That Mm -hmm. was a lot of work, and I bet it was not a lot of fun work to look into. Yeah. 
I've learned that I have to watch Disney movies yes. while I'm doing this research. So, like, when I'm writing my notes, I have Disney playing in the background. That's a good idea. Um, and Craig's learning on, like, big research nights. Like, I woke him up. He was half asleep. And I woke him up and asked him to lock our bedroom door. Aww. Our front door and our back door were locked. But I asked him to lock our bedroom yeah. door. And I told him, I was like, I think this is going to be a new thing. And he was, I think he's very sweet all the time. But I think he was super sweet because he didn't fight me on it. But I think it was because he was half asleep. Right. He's like, all right, babe, whatever yeah. you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think he would have given me a little more shit had he been a little right. bit more awake. Um, right. But yeah, so we're just learning new lifestyle. Um, yeah. Well, you did great. Disney Plus is coming in clutch. Oh, Disney Plus always comes in clutch. I watch, I watch that way too much. But seriously, great job. Thank you for telling us that. Thank you. And I would like to take a moment to just remember um, the victims' names. Um, so we've got Tammy Homolka, Leslie Mahaffey, and Kristen French. Um, I know that th- her their uh, murderers became famous, and that's yep. unfortunate because a lot of the time in media, it's really easy to forget the victim. So please take a moment out of your day after listening to this to just send them um, some love and their family some love because i'm sure it's still very difficult for them absolutely and amber that's a great thing to mention too we kind of mentioned it before we will never post the murderers photos on our instagram we're not about that we don't support them we will always post the victims support the victims first and foremost that's who's important in these stories so thank you for saying their names and taking that time out amber of course all right now Everyone's waited till the end like we told them to. You're still here. Clap your hands. <laughs> You're yes. part of the cool kids club. Yeah. <laughs> Shake it all about. <laughs> I'm super curious if people will get this. Okay. Okay. When the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. Coors? Mm-hmm. Like the beer? Mm-hmm. Isn't that their slogan? How did you know that? <laughs> Because my husband drinks uh, a lot of beer. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I drink beer too, but I don't drink Coors. Oh, uh, I have to put out there, though. My husband does not drink Coors either because he works for Budweiser. He Ooh, is a Budweiser man. That's, we're back to that tension. <laughs> yeah. There is no Coors in our house at all. <laughs> it doesn't taste particularly good anyway, but in Colorado, it's like a big beer. deal. Um, it is. Okay. I'll say it again. When the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. Okay. I'm thinking like, okay, so I know Coors is a beer and that's like their thing. Because their can changes color, I think, right? Like when it's cold mm-hmm. enough. It does. Um, but for some reason, I'm thinking of Blucifer. <laughs> that's, I've thought about doing the DIA stuff. But like, yeah. I feel like for everyone in Colorado, it's just funny at this point. But no, yeah. not Blucifer. Although that is, oh. Blucifer is a homeboy who happened to kill his creator. Yeah, he's blue. You can see, like, some mountains from where you see Blucifer. Like, there are some very crazy cool pictures of him. Yeah. There are a lot of people who want him taken down. I would like to say I'm not down for that. I love it. I think it's a very fun thing. Apparently, he's like, well, he's a devil horse. Have you heard the conspiracies about him? A little bit, yeah. Like Right. So it's he's like the devil horse with his little red eyes. Okay, but I've read that the creator tried to make them orange for the Broncos. <laughs> right. So, well, and also, he's at a fucking airport. 
there's blinking red lights everywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> hello. Yeah. Yeah. So I am not for getting Blucifer taken down. I don't think that's a thing either. I feel like they would have taken him down a long time ago. But like I've seen so many people commenting about how creepy he is. Well, it, it's part of Colorado. So if you don't like the creep, get the fuck out. We all have our little creepiness. And DIA in general is creepy mm-hmm. to some people. Mm-hmm. I think it's all funny, but <laughs> So he's just adding to that. Okay. Stirring the pot, as Amber informed me last episode. (laughs) All right. So say it again, because we're on a tangent, and I want people to know what it is. (laughs) I got to pull up my notes. Okay. Um, When the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. All right, everybody. So there will be a post this Friday with that. Take your guesses there. We're loving seeing them. They're so fun. Um, and we'll find out. Seriously. Yes, please. And if nobody comments, then I'm just going to comment a bunch of (laughs) random ass shit. So throw everybody off. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be like, Blucifer. It's fucking Blucifer, y'all. Perf. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Well, thank you for listening to episode five. One, two, three, four, five. All fingers. We're getting there, friends. We've been officially recording for more than a month. Oh my gosh, that's bananas. And we're both, well, we're both getting vaccinated, right? You're getting your, did you already get your second one? I got my second one on the first. Woo, no jokes there. Mm -mm. So hopefully after the two week, you know, waiting period, Leslie and I can record in person and you won't have to hear the awkwardness of us pausing (laughs) while everything glitches. Right. (laughs) Prepare, that'll be a whole other level of some crazy shit. So just prepare for that, friends. I know. Yeah. Well, we won't be apologizing for interrupting each other because everything's half delayed. Right. (laughs) So look for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Don't forget to comment on our clue post. And um, yeah, make sure you subscribe. I looked at our subscriber list. We're up to 35. So those of you who are 35, give yourself a big hug. We love you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, we just can't wait to keep doing this. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Please throw us a five-star review on Apple if you listen there. We already went on a tangent last week about how great that is for us, so we'll keep it short this time and just ask for it. (laughs) Yes, please. But thank you all for listening, and we love doing this, so we'll just keep chugging along for everybody. Thanks. Absolutely. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find The Grim Mystics on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.